everyone, welcome back to Keeping Up with the Chaldeans. Uh, it's been a while, it's great to be back and see uh, our guests and be back on air and give the community what they need. I'm Junior Binu. I've got my co-host Anthony Toma here today and we've got Senator Peter Lucido who is now running for uh, Macomb County Prosecutor and he has been involved a lot into our community and he's here today to give you an explanation of who he is, his background, what the gentleman has done in his career and uh, we'll let him go ahead and speak on to this. It's great to have you. How are you? Good. I'm Good. doing really well. Thanks Junior. Good Thanks buddy. Anthony for having me on the show and more importantly for you the listeners out there time to get up there and get ready to vote soon. So it's good to know who your candidates are, and more importantly, what they stand for. Cool. So give us a little background. Who is Peter? Yeah, who is Peter? Well, yep. I'm homegrown, born in Macomb. I lived there all my life. I come from a family of eight children, and mom and dad make ten. Uh, we grew up in a, a big Italian family, and everything was all about the family. And as a result, what we ended up doing was uh, we lived one block away from the church, so we'd get up on Sunday and go to 5.30 Mass, the whole family, even as kids. Afterwards, Grandma Lucido lived right across the street from the church, mm -hmm. and then we would all walk home or get in a station wagon, if everybody remembers that. Yeah. Go on home, have a couple loaves of bread, a couple dozen eggs, a couple pounds of bacon, and eat as a family, mm -hmm. and spend our day. But more importantly, my dad was a produce man, and he went door to door in the community. And what he ended up doing was he taught me lifelong lessons on that truck, and that was this. You get up out of bed in the morning, you put your pants on, you go to work, and guess what? You take care of your family. That's first and foremost. At the end of the day, you come home after a hard day's work, and you go ahead and love your family and go to bed and do it again. I think the, the, the Chaldeans, the Italians, they have a lot in common. Mm -hmm. They are family-oriented. They love their family. They love their businesses. And let's face it, they work hard. Um, learning the lifelong lessons on that truck, I learned that I didn't want to be a produce man. I didn't want to get out of bed at 2 o'clock in the morning, go down to the Eastern Market to go get the vegetables to deliver door to door. Mm -hmm. And I asked my dad, you know, Dad, I don't want to do this. And he said, what do you think you need to do? And I said, I don't know, but I don't want to do this. And he says, go get educated. That's what he told me. Go to school, go learn a trade, go do something if you don't want to do this. But this is an honest day's living. So I became um, an attorney. And I practiced law for over 30 years, but as I was going through the steps, I paid my way through school. I still worked, because mom and dad didn't have any money back then. No. So at the end of the day, is that for me? We'll take it yeah, later. Yeah, we'll call you later. <laughs> <laughs> so what ended up happening was, you know, I went through and got my, uh, went locally, I went to Macomb Community College after graduating from De La Salle High School in Detroit. Mm -hmm. I went ahead and I went through uh, Macomb Community College, got my certificate two year. And then I went on to Oakland University where I became a probation officer while I was working, going to school. And I worked here in Oakland County. All right. And uh, doing that taught me a lot about the criminal justice system. Mm -hmm. Moving on, I went and got an MBA at night on Selfridge Air Base from Central Michigan. And then I went to law school at DCL and I became a public defender. Mm -hmm. That was critical because it taught me about those that have no money, the kind of justice they get versus those that have money. Mm -hmm. And they get a different size and quantity of justice. People think that's a myth, but it's you're not living, a myth. It's not a myth. You lived it. It's it's truth. It's honesty. And for those that didn't have money, they couldn't hire the experts, and they couldn't get, you know, somebody to do an analysis. Of something they couldn't get the resources for an investigator to go knock doors in mm -hmm. and find out if witnesses saw something. And the, for those with money, they had the ability to go ahead and use all those resources to go ahead and benefit them in their case. So there's an injustice right there out of the gate. 
And it's not a not a black and white thing. It was an economic thing, right? Also, also, it had to deal with this. It had to deal with race, ethnicity. It dealt with uh, uh, sometimes religious beliefs. Mm-hmm. And justice doesn't come in one size, but it should. Right. It should say that no matter what you did, no matter who you are, mm-hmm. no matter what your religious beliefs are, justice is justice no matter what kind mm-hmm. of person that you have before the courts. It's our Constitution, right? Well, isn't a thing that every man was created equally to be able to be done and respected equally in this country? But, mm-hmm. but what you're saying, it's not. And it was visibly showing where... So after 30 years of practicing criminal law yep. and, and doing family kind of mom and pop business law, I ended up being a legislature. Uh, going to the legislature because my children were all grown. I put them all through college. Mm-hmm. My wife and I, I'm sitting back and she says, you're too young to put your toes in the sand. So I says, well, let's do this. <laughs> so I ran for office. I won the state house. I served two terms. Mm-hmm. And I started banging away at criminal justice reforms. I wanted certain things that I saw in the court system that weren't working for people mm-hmm. and families to go ahead and change. Okay. I brought so many criminal justice reforms about raise the age of individuals that were 17 being charged as adults where you can't vote, you can't buy cigarettes, you can't go ahead and sit on a jury. So how do you get a jury of your peers? Right. In addition, I brought up the fact that civil asset forfeiture reform, you just mm-hmm. don't take my property. Sure. You have to convict me first before you take it and sell it. Yes. All these bills, including the injustices that were happening to the adults, mm-hmm. the elderly, and the vulnerables mm-hmm. I wanted changed. So I made a difference that way. I got elected to the Senate, and now I'm running for Macomb County Prosecutor. So Question for you while we're on that, before we flip into what the, you know, many know what prosecutors do, but give them an understanding for your 8th district, because you you handle so many cities and in, in, in the county. What, what exactly is the position of the state senate and, and what you know what do they do for accomplishments in our communities great question so as a legislator that's what we're called we're a representative of the people who elected us to serve mm-hmm. we go to lansing as a state representative or a senator yep. and we bring the ideas from our district and my district is pretty diverse and it's pretty big yeah it is all of utica shelby washington bruce it's all of Mount Clemens. It's all of New Haven. It's all of Lenox. It's all of Chesterfield. Yeah. It's all of, you just keep going, St. Yeah. Clair Shores, yeah. and I can go on and on and on. It's huge. Yeah. So each senator, and there's 38 in the state, mm-hmm. 38 senators, yeah. represent about 260 to 275,000 because the line's shifting all the time of people moving. Okay. And each House of Representative member represents about 90,000. So they get from their constituents calls, they get emails, they get on the street, Mm -hmm. contact with these individuals, and guess what happens? You go to Lansing and serve them. Lately, it's been very frustrating because we have had no power in the legislature to represent our constituents because the governor has exercised her executive orders, which Mm -hmm. is not legislative law. Sure. It's an order. And and she has taken away the power of the legislature to Mm -hmm. articulate and enunciate and to allocute on behalf of those people that we went there to serve. Mm-hmm. Right. And you know what? That's the most frustrating for me. Yeah. I went there to do the job, and I'm the only lawyer in the Senate right now, Yeah. and I want to do my job the best way I can for the people that elected me. And unfortunately, she was... Uh, she. The, 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 the courts ruled in her favor to uphold her executive orders. It was a two-to-one on that one on the panel, and it's, um, it's ridiculous, you know, just because of what we're seeing. And, and let's be real she got labeled the worst governor 
in the United States right now handling this situation. So, I mean, how does that look? You know what I mean? You put an executive order down, you got people that are fighting against this, saying it's not right, it's not common. You're getting that bad praise, you know? So, to Junior's point, Anthony, you know, we've got bowling alleys that are closed. Mm -hmm. We've got ice arenas that are closed where you get exercise or you have gyms. the ability. Gyms that are closed. Yeah. But we have casinos open, liquor stores open. And there's nothing wrong with, you know, somebody running a business. But sure. at the same time, if you can't justify the means to the end and your own constituents mm -hmm. are asking you, hey, Pete, Lucido, tell me, why do I have to close and this lottery machine is being pumping out tickets over here and people are not even social distance like we are here yeah. or not wearing a mask like we're far away from each yeah. other and we're yeah. trying to show you know what we're trying to say here but it's very frustrating to try to even try to rationalize because if you ask the question she says she's relying on science and data yeah. but I never hear what science that is or what data yeah. that is and it's sad because our own families are going to lose their businesses that they had mm -hmm. generational, and they'll be left with nothing when this is done. So how, mu how much contact do you actually have with the, the governor? Zero. Zero. And the reason why is she's not engaging with the legislature. She's not. Her, 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 her uh, you know, appointed staff is the one that is coming in and working the things out. She did engage slightly with the education uh, uh, leadership that we have because she has to say what's best for the students yeah. and we left it to the school boards sure elected school boards individuals those are the ones that have the ones that have the pulse of the families the parents and the students to say whether and the teachers to go back to school sure but she has to engage with us on the money because she can't take the money without the legislature nice so with uh, with her now not being the VP Nominee. Nominee. Where do you think that leaves her, and, and how do you think that's going to change her, her actions? Why did she go out and meet with Joe Biden is the question. Did they go out there just to you know hang out and give high fives, or did yeah. she go out there with the attitude of, you deliver Michigan for the presidential nominee? Does she get a cabinet position? Yeah. So one would wonder what was the meeting about and what was the discussion about, and mm -hmm. why do we have to be secretive about it be transparent be open yep i mean that's what good government's supposed to be sure otherwise don't elect an official that's going to keep things from somebody because you're supposed to be my mouthpiece yeah right and, and so let's get back to your campaign uh miss uh, gretchen whitmer you're more than welcome to take the couch where pete is sitting currently and uh sit down and have a chat with us this that's your invitation i'll debate you anywhere anytime <laughs> on any steps, including your own porch at home. Nice. I have a, a deep question for you, and I, I just, the, the answer might come in many ways. You, um, you're about to take a hard position, if once in and everything, to be prosecutor is not, an, you can't even be a cop the way you want to be a cop today. How do you become a prosecutor today without getting a courthouse with rocks thrown through it, you know? Like, you're like, it. You're asking the, the, the right questions. Number one, we've seen corruption at its finest in Macomb County. Mm -hmm. It's disgraceful. It's dishonest. You lose the trust of the people. Mm -hmm. And I'm saying this to everybody that's in any county. Mm -hmm. We have 83 counties in the state. You lose the trust of the people in our criminal justice system, that's causing chaos. Mm -hmm. When you have people out there that want to defund police departments, you're doing the wrong thing. If it's one or two bad cops that are out there, 
get rid of those individuals that are causing this problem. Sure. We have to rely on, in uncertain times, we cannot defund our police. Mm -hmm. We have to support our police officers. Going and causing riots and destruction of private property and causing personal injury to people by beating them up is not the cure and the, and the rational reason it's to get rid of those bad cops. And you know what? Mm -hmm. Like any family, they say there's a black sheep. Yeah. Like any 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 person that is out in the streets, there's mm -hmm. going to be some criminals. Yeah. They're going to have bad cops. Yes, sir. So what do you do about it? You get rid of those individuals that are not following those rules. Sure. You do the best you can. Mm -hmm. But to go and loot and to break windows and to spray paint and to cause destruction of mass chaos. Yeah. In uncertain times, we need more certainty than ever that we can rely on our police department and fire. Yep. And I do not want to defund. I want to defend my cops and Absolutely. my firefighters, Absolutely. first responders. We're, we're part of it, too. We, we, um, we back and support it, too. We have businesses. We understand you, you can't run a business without having safety. And you also can't live in some of the neighborhoods, whether if you're a suburb or if you're in urban areas, without safe, you right know, safety. But our age population, like my mother, who's 90, and my dad sure. died two years ago, 96, they rely on dialing 911 for help in emergencies. Correct. Correct. And I get it. You know what? They expect to have a service as part of their tax base. Sure. They should, and they should. Yep. And 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 and, and all fairness, and just from a personal experience, you know, there is black sheep. It doesn't matter what color, what culture, whatever yeah. race, it doesn't matter. My father was killed by an African American, okay? And if you want to talk about injustice, the, the guy who pulled the trigger did 15 years, right? So I'm not going to sit there and lump it all. And yeah. say this is what it is. I'm sorry to hear right? that about your father. Yeah, but 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 we 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 need people like yourself and good prosecutors that will come in and say, hey man, whether it doesn't matter if you're white, black, Chaldean, we don't care what you are. If you did wrong, you're getting it thrown at you. If if you did it wrong, or or, or I, we're gonna fix the situation and make it right. Justice should never have a discriminatory practice. Correct. Justice should be the person. Justice should be based on and reliance upon the facts and the circumstances for each case. Mm -hmm. I don't care if it's your ethnic. I don't care if it's your religion. I don't care if it's your color. I don't care what it is out there, mm -hmm. even your age to some extent. Sure. You need to realize that if you go ahead and tilt the justice system against an individual because of those, mm -hmm. then you've created an injustice. You've tell created us, an injustice. Tell us a little bit about what you're going to bring to the prosecutor's Thanks. Office. I appreciate that, Anthony. Mm -hmm. what, what we're going to do is this. First of all, we're going to immediately put into place a corruption and uh, integrity unit. And this is what it's going to be. The public out there knows who's the bad guys and what they're doing bad. Mm -hmm. And if our elected officials mm -hmm. are corrupt or are getting involved with corruption, we mm -hmm. need to know about that and get rid of those elected officials. Nice. We yep. need to know the integrity also about the individual. Mm -hmm. What is their meaning and, and, and whether or not they are getting into things that they shouldn't be doing, such as if they own in a, 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 a business, that they can say, well, if you buy from me over here, I'll get a contract for you back to the city. That yeah. stuff's gone. Yeah. It's done. It's over with. Yep. We've had so many elected officials that have gone to jail. Mm -hmm. We've had the FBI in instead of our own prosecutorial mm -hmm. staff over the last three decades not to prosecute any elected officials. I don't understand why. Mm -hmm. But yet they're going to jail in the federal system. Two, we are going to go ahead and implement these specialty courts that we already have, Veterans Court, Drug Court, the um, mental health court. Mm -hmm. I want a domestic violence court. We are going through the same motions without making progress, and we got to measure the metrics about each and every individual that's going through domestic violence. Mm -hmm. What is the root of the problem? Was it sure. substance? 
Was it taught behavior from families? Mm -hmm. Or was it something else? Did they beat up an animal? Yeah. And then they use human beings because animals are defenseless. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, we also are going to continue the pause task force that I'm on to go ahead and protect our animals. These are our family members. So if you're beating up an animal, no, you're going to get prosecuted. And then we're going to have what's called a conviction integrity unit, which means this. If somebody got convicted, we want to make sure that we look at all of the factors about was the evidence right, was the statements consistent, was everything there. Otherwise, we're putting innocent people in jail and you're ruining their families. And before any warrant gets issued in Macomb County under the Lucido administration, Mm -hmm. we're going to make damn sure that there's facts and there's evidence to go ahead and support a charge. Otherwise, you've just ruined those families. So mm-hmm. while you're working on this, that, that funding needs to be pushed to create these, that, that, that comes from Macomb County or is that from state that gives you No, the state. Hand? We just put in $137 million okay. into what's called the funding of our court systems as it relates to the indigent defense. And Macomb mm-hmm. County just brought aboard what's called a public defender's office, which mm-hmm. I think is great. Mm-hmm. Because if the system's out of whack from the beginning yep. and only those that have get justice, mm-hmm. then didn't. Get rid of the justice system because it's only for the rich. Right. Give it to even the indigent and the poor all the way through. Mm-hmm. Make it Fighting a fair, chance. Like right now, the way I've seen that PPP, the, the payroll or the, the, the money that's come in, it gave everybody kind of a fair level playing field. And some people came, you know, some abused it, but really it brought back the, the playing field was leveled. Everybody was getting paid the same. Amen. I want to touch on something which will lead into another with you. You, t- you said stuff about substance abuse. Yes. Macomb is heavy hit with that. Um, we didn't. We did an interview out back with um, uh, Officer Batali, um, and uh, we did um, hopes not handcuffs. Like, and 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 we want to know if you're part of that program. If you're willing to push that, because that also led to cases where people went to jail in your county that were people who were habitual users of drugs and died in, in the in the in the jail. So, like, how does that, how do you plan on targeting and helping that? Man, you guys are good, and I like that. It's about time somebody, (laughs) I follow him. It's about time somebody's asking the right question. So, number one, I'm on the advisory board for Families Against Narcotics. Okay. Years ago, when a mom and dad would come in and said, "Uh, Pete, can we talk to you? And they'd sit behind the desk, they'd pull out some needles or they'd pull out little seals that Mm -hmm. were in there with the heroin in it, Mm -hmm. and said, We found this in our kid's drawer. Mm -hmm. Well, here's the story, guys. You don't go turn them into the police. Right. I usually send them over to a family that had a deal with a heroin addict in the family mm-hmm. and said, listen, how did it help your son? How did little Joey get clean? What was it that you saw as a good tool to help? So I've been on the advisory board since Linda Davis okay. started in Macomb County out of a church basement right up the street from me in Garfield Road in Clinton Township. Mm-hmm. I was there with Linda from the beginning. I've gone to Fort Lauderdale and watched the substance abuse uh, um, old hotels turn into substance abuse centers mm-hmm. for cleaning people out. Mm-hmm. The biggest thing I'm going to tell you is right from the beginning, we need the tools in the toolbox to fix the problem. Mm-hmm. And a part of that is the mental health. Yep. Guys, we're incarcerating about 30 to 35% people that have a mental health disorder right. inside of a jail cell without getting them any help. Mm. This is not helping. Sure. When they're let out of jail, they still have a mental health issue. They weren't treated for it. They didn't get any kind of medication to deal with it. Mm-hmm. And they got to be trained. You got to take your pill in the morning. Yep. You got to go ahead and, and, and if you've got these anxieties, you've got to go ahead and just stop your day for a minute. Mm-hmm. Mental health behind bars has caused us a lot of money, 
and no result, no metrics sure. being measured. At the end of the day, we have an opioid crisis in right. Macomb County, yes. and we all know it. Yes. And it was caused years ago from a lot of things, mm -hmm. including we all played sports, they throw you some pills, yeah. doctor tells you take them as prescribed, mm -hmm. and now you become an addict. Grandma the same way with her arthritis. Yeah. At the end of the day, we have to realize and step up and say, do we really have jail cells that are going to be there for somebody who's hurting themselves with mm -hmm. substance? I get it. Then the criminal activity starts. We start stealing to go ahead and buy the drugs. But at the end of the day, I want to make sure there's a program that actually is going to monitor and be able to engage the family as a unit Beautiful. to help assist those those individuals that have these issues. That's it. Forward progress. So a couple of things. Um, what reach does the, the uh, Macomb County Prosecutor's Office have on the juveniles? Like, what would you bring to help to help avoid and to to help them, the juvenile division? So we learn through my experiences as a probation officer, as a public defender, and as a defense lawyer for all these years, that the problem is either taught or it's within the home. Yeah. I looked at a 17-year-old, and if they did a heinous crime, heinous, mm -hmm. the prosecutor's office can always waive them and try them as an adult. I was the legislator that brought the bills to raise the age, saying you shouldn't be charging a 17-year-old with adult crimes unless we waive them because of murder, because of rape, because of arson. These are serious crimes where these individuals should not be doing this. Yes. And it's something that should be taken very serious. But if it's a malicious destruction of property, if it's a larceny charge, mm -hmm. and it's the first time they did it, automatically we're charging 17-year-olds with felonies. Oh, boy. That stigmatized their entire life, and they could never get jobs. If it was the drugs, mm -hmm. they couldn't even get financial aid. Mm -hmm. You can't get financial aid with a conviction for drugs. So did we really help our society? I think not. I will be front line on those juveniles because if you can curb the problem right from the beginning, mm -hmm. you may have a better chance of never seeing them again in the criminal justice system. So to, to what he's saying is, how does the funding come for that? Like, where, where, is, where do you where do you? So help I that? think, uh, so let me just have a follow-up question. You being a two-term state senator would help bring those kinds of programs and that kind of funding to the Macomb County Prosecutor's Office, am I correct? You're not only correct, but having the basis and the knowledge of how lawmakers make the law and how the appropriation process to get the money mm -hmm. is paramount. Right. I'm bringing skill sets that have never been in the prosecutor's office ever in the county. Sure. By me going there and being a criminal defense lawyer, by me going there and doing probation, public defending, okay, down in the bowels, and I call it the bowels, yep. Of recorder's court, it used to be called. Today, you've got a lawmaker now that's already served and knows the system as far as the economics, mm -hmm. but knows how to financially bring back the money to Macomb for those programs. We're going to shift some resources, though. If we're charging at 17 with adult crimes and we bring them back to the juvenile system, those funds are now shifted out of the adult back into juvenile. We'll have that opportunity to rebase the funds yeah. to take the punch down in the juvenile system. Got you, got you, and that, that's huge because obviously it starts with the youth, man. The way we used to deal with, and and, and 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 you know, you'd frown on a kid shoplifting. Shit, I mean, there's got to be some underlying issue. You know, there's going to be something, and you can give hands and help. But we've seen many they of it. They still need to be smacked around. I got yeah, it. Yeah, listen, yeah, I, I, 
you know, at the end of the day, you're saying it the way it should be said is this. Do we have an alternative to get an exit ramp instead of keeping them on? Because the ones that were 17 that went to prison, and I'm going to say it right out there to the public, yeah. they are tall. You're taking a guppy and throwing him in a shark tank. Yeah. And those sharks that are in there in the 25s, 30s, 35s are starting to become career criminals. They're starting to become very abusive individuals with society. And if that 17-year-old is put into the shark tank, at the end of the day, you're going to create another shark. Mm -hmm. Let the guppy go over here for a little bit and see whether or not we can keep the guppy to a point where they can regain the love of their family and re reunite back with their family. So, for, for, for the record, Anthony and I don't live in the county that you work well, in. Well, hold on. I ain't got no more time. I got to get to the voters. <laughs> <laughs> but what it is is you guys are holding the largest community of Chaldeans in your, in your district, okay, in the areas that you're at. So we're here to help, we're here to push, we're here to make the point of who we know we're confident. We like we feel confident about your job of what you're gonna do. So how can our people help yes, you? Yes. That's a, you help know what? Them. What I'd like is I'd like them to first of all get to know me. Okay. I'd like them to realize if they haven't already had my services in the law firm. Sure. The Lacido family has had multiple businesses in Macomb County. Okay. We understand exactly what the Chaldeans do. They open they take care of their own business and they take care of their community. They take care of the church. Mm -hmm. They take care of their culture. They want their children to know how grandma and grandpa or great grandma and grandpa moved into this country and became yep. citizens of this country. Yep. The reality is they have to realize if you get to know a Lacido and did business with us, whether it's one of the five or ten businesses we have out there, yep. we're straight, we're forward, and we're honest people. We don't give you no crap and bullshit. It's straight and honest. At the end of the day, we want you to be able to pick the phone up and call us and says, Pete, I got a little issue. I want to have you tell me what I need to do. Okay. That's important. And I think it's even important in public service because you are elected by the people to serve the people. How do you serve them better than to pick up the call and talk? And we've got some great elected officials that are in office right now, but we've got better ones that are coming up the ranks. Yep. I'm just looking for their vote coming in November. Mm -hmm. Came through the primary. I am a Republican, and I believe in you know, good government, honest government, truthful government, and not this flim-flam bullcrap that we've been seeing over the years. Sure, sure. Give it to me straight, okay? Tell me where the problem is and what I can do to help. What, what any events coming up soon that we can attend and, uh, and, yeah. and help promote with you? I used to do coffee hours, but because of COVID, and yep. it's a shame, but it's affected all of our families. Um, I'd like you to go ahead and, 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 and at least engage this way. We're going to be doing some town halls, and I okay. think I want to hear from the people when they do a town hall. How are we going to do it? We might have to do it remotely. Okay. But we decided, look, you know what? The best way for outreach sure. is to get on the computer yep. and say, look, we got these questions. So I'm going to be holding some town halls. Okay. It's a prosecutorial town hall. Ask the questions. Maybe you're going to give me some case studies that may help me all the way through the years mm -hmm. to come. Mm -hmm. But I will work the hardest in that office and make sure that That's fairness nice. is administered because justice Everybody deserves deserves justice. So for those that want to get to know you a little better offline or online off of this line, uh, where, where do they go to find you? Where can they go to follow you? So to go ahead and, and check out my background and everything else, it's peterjlucido.com. Peterjlucido.com. <laughs> you go on there, it is a website. It has everything that you want to know about Pete. It also has a phone number that rings right to my cell phone. One more thing. You can go on the Facebook, because we post everything we're doing around the community. Okay. I'm at every event. I just did Back the Badge in Warren uh, with the first responders, the fire and the police. 
Uh, I talked about the issues of why I want the police department who has endorsed me. Mm -hmm. I've gotten endorsed through all of the law enforcement officials yep. through the state. Yep. Why is that? Why do you think they I'll tell you why. It's straightforward. I had the opportunity of working in the legislature with Police Officers Association of Michigan, Michigan State Police. I've worked with the Sheriff's Department. I've worked with them all. Mm -hmm. Locals, too. Mm -hmm. The local police. They've seen my work already. Yep. They are trusting me. And I tell you right now, that trust means a lot to me and my sure. family. Lucido, we trust you to represent the people of the state and your community and your county. Good. And I appreciate the backing of the cops, and I'll tell you why. They are going to be an extension of my office. I want to make sure fairness has been distributed from day one on the streets. That's fair enough. Excellent. Well, well enough said. Uh, anything we may not have touched on that we got, we want to hit to the viewers and point out. By the way, he's the man. I don't think we even need to say much yeah. more. But um, if you want to let the viewers know um, anything from any guidelines or anything that you're going to push forward to or that one punch that's going to be the one that Macomb needs. After working over 30 years in the criminal justice system mm -hmm. as a probation officer and a public defender and a criminal defense lawyer, we've never had the opportunity of experiencing somebody who's gone there and seen it from the opposite side. It's always been promoting from within the county's own prosecutor's office to bring the next prosecutor aboard. Why don't we get a new fresh set of eyes? I'm talking from all angles. Let's get good people, then, and, and there's already great people that are in the prosecutor's office, but let's get some outsiders thinking outside the box to run our prosecutor's office. We've had a tragic, tragic story that's going to be told real soon with Eric Smith, our, our former prosecutor before he resigned. Getting charged with criminal activity in the prosecutor's office has eroded the hallmark of what I consider the justice system. When people that are supposed to uphold, uphold and have the highest respect for the law go against the law, you're going to need a strong individual to rebuild the trust of the public. Yeah. I want to do that for this county, and I want to have that black cloud once and for all be removed. No more corruption in Macomb County. No more wrongdoings and, under, and backroom dealings and everything else. Let's make it a place that we're all proud of. Macomb County is my home. I've been born, homegrown in Macomb, and I'm going to stay here, and I'm going to back it up with my words. Beautiful. How can you vote against that? Yeah. You can. I don't know, guys. You know what? You're I, a family guy. That's You know what I'm saying? You understand. Yeah, a loaf of bread, two pounds of bacon. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Two, two dozen eggs. <laughs> and I didn't get this way by not doing that. <laughs> so um, the, uh, you've already gone through the primary. So now your, your, um, your election is coming up. So we got to make sure we get as much voters. We need to get the public out there, and we need to get energized and motivated. You know, your elected officials are a representation extension of who you are from your home. Mm -hmm. Don't kid yourself. Every vote is going to count in this election. That's right. And don't kid yourself. It's time for all of us. Yeah. Get up off of our seats, get into the polls, take out the ballot, mark the boxes, and vote for the people that are going to actually have your back. Awesome. I might want to just do a temporary residential in Macomb County. Yeah. And no, then no. January, Give me some of that. January Love 1st, come back. Come on. January 1st, come back. I'm going to show you that to Quinder border real quick. <laughs> there awesome. you go. Well, thanks there for coming go. on. We Thank appreciate you, you uh, uh being a, a public servant, and uh, best of luck in November. I appreciate it. That was thank awesome. you both for thank having you me. For being a stand-up guy too. Thank you, the viewers, for allowing me to come into your home and speak to you. Thank you. 
So we're signing off now. You guys will be able to check us out on uh, Keeping Up with the Chaldeans on YouTube. Uh, you'll be able to check us out on Facebook, any social media avenues, Spotify. Uh, if you want to get in on us and submit, go ahead and do that, Keeping Up with the Chaldeans. But you got to check this man out and check his webpage out, see what he's about. Get to the polls, vote. It's going to make a difference. Pete in the house. That's what we're going for. Mr. Lucido, baby. Thank you. We're signing off.